0: Um, sorry that we had no episode last week. For those that follow Fridays, you would have gone along and gone, where's the episode? Um, as you might have known, if you listened to uh, Wednesday, this week's episode, my big, beautiful, brutal girl, Callie, passed away suddenly, traumatically. She was only two and a half. So I was so sad. Literally, I can't even talk about it now or I'll cry. For those of you that are dog lovers, you know what I mean. And um, I think that the episode before that on the Friday before she had barged into the room where I record this and was breathing into the microphone and I was laughing. So I will miss her so much. Anyway, on to today's parenthood episode. Last week, for our 100th episode, guys, we um, we had um, a friend of mine, Victoria Beattie from The Beach People, who helped me launch the podcast 18 months ago at uh, actually at Youth Alive in January of last year. So go along and have a look at that. And to celebrate, I have also now launched on YouTube. Um, when I do like Zoom calls, etc., I'll be recording them so you get to see the visual. But normally, it's just the audio because apparently a lot of people like listening to podcasts on YouTube. So anyway, me, I don't do that. I like Apple podcasts. But um, for those of you that like YouTube, there you go. Uh, So today we are going to look at the two greatest social skills that I think we can teach our kids. Now, there are a gazillion different social skills, um, but we're going to talk about two that I I have found have helped our children immensely as they go through life. So kids with these social skills turn into teenagers and young adults who thrive in any situation that you put them in. You know, something I observe about a lot of parents is they seem to accept character traits and behaviors from their children, kind of just putting it down to, oh, that's just them. That's just their personality. I remember years and years and years ago when my kids were little, I was at the birthday party for another child, and one of the other young boys, he was doing something naughty. He was doing something he shouldn't have been. I can't remember what it was, but what I remember clearly was his mum stood by watching the whole thing, never intervened, never said anything, and then I'll never forget. She goes, gosh, my kid is weird. And she kind of distanced herself from him as if she had nothing to do with him and could do nothing about his behavior. And I just remember thinking, that is so foreign to me. Like, that's your child. If you think your child's weird or doing something weird, help them, teach them, shape them. So our job as parents, of course, it is to love our children unconditionally. And believe you me, I know I've got three of them and they can have some quirks. Um, but, you know, it's also our job as parents to help shape their characters and their personalities because things that we find loving and beautiful about them, people out in the world maybe will not find that so endearing. So we want to equip them from be, for being out in the big wide world. And it starts when they're very small. So yeah, point taken. Okay. Don't use your children's personality as an excuse for not correcting and shaping them. Okay. Okay, so here we go for the first social skill that I want to talk about. And honestly, you're going to be like, really? It's one of the most basic and yet powerful skills our kids can possess. And it's simply this, eye contact. It is a lost art for children, even adults to learn to have eye contact with others when they're speaking. So you think about it, in fact, you might not have even realized how powerful and important it is, but we are all more drawn to talking to people who give good eye contact. Now, I don't mean, you know, you know, those other kind of people though, that are like the starers, like they never take their eyes off you and it's, and it's awkward. <laughs> so I'm not talking about over and overabundance of eye contact because that, that is equally as, um, uncomfortable as no eye contact. Um, but we are more drawn to talking to people who give good eye contact. There's nothing harder than talking to someone that keeps looking away. Now, I've been a teacher, as you know, for over 20 years, and it is far more enjoyable and engaging to talk to children who look you in the eye. And it's harder work to talk to kids who won't look you in the eye. Now, a study, I couldn't find this, but I remember reading this study years ago, where there were children in various rooms of a hospital and some children were instructed to give eye contact to the nurses when they entered the room and spoke to them. And the others were instructed not to give eye contact, right? And the nurses were then observed their behavior as to whether it made a difference to the interaction of the nurse with the children, with the patients. Now it turned out that the nurses visited the rooms of the children who gave good eye contact more frequently, even finding unnecessary reasons to pop into those children's rooms compared to the rooms of the children who were told to give no eye contact. Isn't that interesting? It uh, eye contact is actually the most powerful nonverbal skill. You know they say the eyes are the window to the soul. There's some truth to that. Now, eye contact. When should you teach this? Now, this can be taught at the same time as basic manners. So um, you can start anywhere kind of from 15 months to two years. And the easiest way, it's really, it's not hard to teach it. You've just got to be aware of it. But firstly, model it yourself. Okay. So I know what it's like when you get busy and your kids are trying to talk and you're in the middle of doing something on your phone or whatever, put your phone down. Uh, when my kids talked to me when they were younger, I used to make a habit of getting down to their level, or I would bend down. And sometimes I'd even take their cute little pumpkin face in my hands and I would just tilt it up, you know, to encourage them to look at me and I would look at them. So we need to model that eye contact ourselves and engage with them, show them because they, they feel loved when you look at them. Cause I know even now, sometimes I'll, I'll shout, not shout Cameron out. I'll not expose him, but sometimes he gets so caught up on his phone and the kids will come over and talk to us. And he still stays on his phone because usually his AirPods are in and he can't hear, but I'll put my phone down and the kids will always gravitate towards me. I mean, who wants to talk to someone that's not looking at you and that is engaged in something else? It just says, I don't care. I don't love you. Not that that's the message camera is trying to send, but you know what I'm saying? People will go toward the one that is uh, looking at them. So give your child lots of eye contact when they talk. Stop what you're doing um, and look at them. And then the second way that you can teach it other than modeling it is, again, it's like everything I talk about. You need to verbally set the expectation of what you want. So I would always say to my kids when they were younger, look at mummy's eyes, please, when you're talking. Or if I was talking to them, I'd say, mummy's talking to you, look at my eyes, please. So it was a lot of verbal instruction. Um, and then I also would say to them that when other people are talking, you need to look them in the eye. So, you know, if someone came, a friend came to the house or Nana or whoever, and Nana would say hello, I would actually teach them and say, look Nana in the eye and say hello to Nana. So, The way, um, yeah, so basically we have to tell them what it is that we're expecting. So tell them, you know, when so and so looks you in the eye, uh, talks to you, look them in the eye. So shyness is not an excuse. I know a lot of parents, um, if I say hello to their child and their child doesn't look at me and doesn't say hello, um, a lot of parents will just excuse it and go, oh, they're a little bit shy. Never do that. Never do that. That shyness is not an excuse for rudeness no personality trait is an excuse for, for rudeness. So all three of my kids were quite shy, all three of them. I had to actively teach this to all three. Um, and I had to, you know, kind of help them to push through their shyness. So I know we've got this beautiful family, um, in our world and they've got, um, two young children and, I just, I remember saying to the mum, oh my gosh, you remind me of me 20 years ago when my kids, or 15 years ago when my kids were little. And it turns out she uses a lot of these principles as well. But it's the same thing. If I say hello to her children um, and they don't stop and look at me and say hello, she always stops and corrects them. You don't want to embarrass them, by the way. You don't want to correct them in such a way that you're embarrassing them. But when they're really little, you just need to you know, keep helping them to know what to do. Okay. So that's my first social skill is eye contact. And that will see them in good stead, even when they're teenagers, um, when they become young adults, they're going for job interviews, they're working with people. Um, Having good eye contact is a great skill. The second social skill that will set your kids in good stead is this, the ability to hold a good conversation. Have you ever talked to children who literally look at you and then give you nothing back. Like you ask them a question or they give one word answers, or they just don't know how to hold a conversation. So from a really young age, people would always compliment us on how how good our kids were, how well behaved our kids were. And one reason that I don't think they probably realized was firstly, they were good at giving eye contact, which like I said, was taught because they weren't naturally like it. But the second reason was they did have a really good ability to hold a conversation. Now, believe me, this is another area that we had to actively teach. And most children, you have to actively teach this. They will often chat well amongst each other, but they become a lot more shy when it comes to talking to adults. So with conversation, we need to set expectations that change with their age. Okay and we need to set an expectation from when they're very young. This conversation ability to hold a conversation begins when they're very young. So I would say probably by the time that they can they can talk or even say a few words, you can start to teach the art of conversation. So let me tell you what I expected at different ages. So when they were very young, so say maybe like, I don't know, two and a half, three on up to say five, I expected that if someone said hello, That they gave eye contact and said hello back. Okay, that's just like basics when they're very young. Now, I can't remember exactly the ages here, but roughly by the time they're like four or five, going to Kindy probably, I would say, um, I would expect that if someone said hello, how are you, then we would expect a little more than just a hello. By then, I would expect them to say, oh, hello, I'm good, thank you. Okay. So I would expect them to answer a question. And if they were asked any other questions, we expected them always to answer. And we always try to encourage them. And I'll tell you in a minute how to do this, but we tried to encourage them to give more than one word answers because I'm telling you, have you seen a four-year-old at kindy chatting with their kindy teachers? They've got a lot to say. They they can talk really well by then. So it's a really good age to start teaching them. You need to respond with at least a hello I'm good, thank you. And then the ability to answer any questions an adult might ask. But then there's another level as they get a little bit older again. And again, it's different for different children. You might expect this at about the age of eight or nine. Um, And that is we, by that age, expected our kids to be able to hold a basic conversation with any adult. So, I actually explained it to them that having a conversation is a little bit like playing tennis. And the conversation should be like a ball that goes backwards and forwards. And I would say to my kids you know, if someone asks something of you, and then you just stand there and you don't answer, they've they've hit the ball to you and the ball's just kind of like rolling around at your feet. You've got to hit it back. And that's what a conversation is like. It's like a ball going backwards and forwards. So that really helps them to understand what a conversation should look like. So what do I mean by a basic conversation? Well, we now expected not just a hello and not just a I'm good, thank you, but now we expected them to throw the ball back by asking the other person a question. So usually it would go like this. Hello, I'm good, thank you. How are you? Okay, so that's what I mean by having a conversation where you now expect it to go backwards and forwards between them and the other person. So we expected... um, not one word answers. Also, that was the other thing that we talked about. So we expect them to be able to ask questions and answer questions to keep a conversation going. Now, this can be really nerve wracking and intimidating for a child. Okay. So let me tell you the key on how to teach conversation and you can teach whatever you're expecting, whatever level, this is what you do. And that is use role play. I use role play all the time, right from when my kids were really little. And from my memory, most of the role playing happened in the car. (laughs) So when we're on our way somewhere, so when they're very little, I would say, you know, when Nana says hello today, I expect you to say hello, Nana. And if she says, how are you? You say, I'm good. Thank you, Nana that's when they're quite, quite little. But then as they got older, I would role play how to have a longer conversation. So I would pretend to be someone else, someone that they knew, and we would practice having a long conversation. I would teach them how to ask questions and how to be interested in someone else. I would teach them things like, you know think about what are the things that Nana might be interested in. Well you could ask her a question about that. If you know that Nana's interested in you know her vegetable garden, then ask her about that. So I would teach them how to be interested in other people, how to look for things that other people um, would like to talk about. And it is a really powerful tool. And if your kids have that ability to have a proper full-blown conversation at the age of like nine, 10, 11, honestly, it blows people away because it's really rare. So I remember, (laughs) poor Georgia, I'm going to use Georgia as my example, but I remember she was the most difficult one and my eldest to try and teach this to, because she was shy by nature and not a big talker. She's just quite a quiet personality. And I'd been role modeling with her for quite a while. And one day we're driving in the car and my dad called to wish her a happy birthday. Now, admittedly, they weren't super close um, because we'd been interstate for a number of years and he hardly rang her or talked to her. He didn't, you know, invest that much in the relationship with her, but, you know, on this occasion and he, but he would always ring for their birthdays. So we're in the car. Honestly, it was the most awkward conversation I have ever heard. I felt so sorry for my dad. He tried everything to get a conversation going and Georgia gave zip rip nothing he would ask the questions. She gave one word answers. He pulled every trick out. He tried everything. And when she got off the phone, let me just say that she received a hefty punishment. There was no excuse. You know, we'd gone over it and over it. We'd practiced. She didn't even try. And I basically just said to her, that was really rude. You made that really difficult for him. You know, pa. my parents are divorced, so it's really lovely of par that he tries by himself as as a male to ring you for your birthday. And you made that awkward and uncomfortable. Um, And it was selfish and it was unacceptable. And uh, let's just say that she she learned her lesson. I think that stuck in her memory because Um, you know, we did have to punish her for that because it was something we'd been actively teaching. And that's the final thing about both of these social skills. There There does need to be, you know, if you're correcting them and they're not responding, then there does need to be a punishment when they don't exercise it. Now that might seem harsh, but if they're not doing what you ask, which is for their good, by the way, and is an essential life skill that you're teaching them, then there does need to be a consequence. I think I remember saying to you guys, I might've said this story once before, but I remember, and I know that I've got some girls from this church that listen to me. So hey, shout out Planet Shakers girls. Um, But I remember being with Sam when Amy was really, really little, like she would have been, you know, uh, I reckon she would have been two or she must've been, she must've been less than two because I didn't have Georgia at the time. And, um, and we were shopping and we'd gone into a shop and the lady at the shop had said hello to Amy and said, hello, and how are you? And Amy just like completely ignored her. And I didn't think anything of it. Anyway, next minute we walked out the shop, Sam took her around the corner and bent down and she, she gave her a little punishment. And I remember being shocked thinking, oh my gosh, that's harsh. That's so tough. But I remember her saying to her, that was very rude. The lady said hello and asked you how you were. Mummy's taught you. You need to say hello. And I will never forget that. I will never forget that because I thought, you know what? What an amazing skill to help your children with. And so that's probably why to me to this day, eye contact is something that I knew was important. And I'm really glad that, um, that I've taken that stance. And I hope you do too. So, um There you go. That's kind of it. We've stuck to our 20 minutes today. So they're the two. I always like setting you guys homework. How are you going with first-time obedience? I still get people messaging me about that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, probably the very core basic must have, must listen podcasts are the first three that I did on first time obedience because everything else stems out of that. So um, how are you going with that? I hope you're doing well, Um, but your homework for this week is to focus on no matter what age your children are, um, age appropriate eye contact and age appropriate conversations. There you go. Guys, I think you are amazing, amazing for listening. Thank you for sharing the podcast too. I know so many of you do. If you could continue to do that, um, that's super helpful. Send it along to all your mum and dad friends. Anyway, until then, I wish you the most wonderful week and I will be back next Wednesday for our Normal Go Next Door podcast. I'll see you then. Bye.